Come on, Steve. We've got D in the carpet. Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. And here we go! Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode. Today we are going to be talking about focus, uh, the importance of focusing on the right things and not allowing ourselves to be distracted by others and what others are doing. There's multiple applications for this. You know, this is something that can be applied to your personal life, your family life, your work life. It's something that I've obviously, it's a lesson I've experienced multiple times and I'm experiencing it again. And it's a lesson that I believe is important for, for everybody really to hear. Um, I was just today speaking with some coworkers about how this plays into marriage and relationships and dating. Um, it really is, you know, it, it's a key element of success is being able to focus on the right things. Now, in general, but specifically for men, as fathers and husbands, as leaders of the family, um, but in general as well for really anybody, there's a lot of societal pressure that we have on us and challenges that we face when it comes to what we have to do for our family, whether you're a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, whatever it may be, there's pressures from society around us to perform in a certain way, to behave in a certain way, to accomplish certain goals or tasks. You know, it's become very popularized for everybody to be living the, you know, the great American dream of having a great job or a great business and having a house and a car and, and a family with a white picket fence, like that, that was the American dream, right? And it became very much promoted through media and through the through film and TV industry that this was the epitome of success, to have the nice car in the driveway, to have your big houses, for men to be extremely strong and built uh, six-pack abs and whatnot, to have a good job, uh, and at the same time, to keep it all together as a family. Now, for women, the expectation is that they be able to get a good job as well and, and make money and bring money in versus how things really used to be, where there were very clear roles set out for man and woman. Um, and that was the expectation, and that, that was what went, and that's what worked. But nowadays, society shows us and tells us that we need to be performing in a certain way. We need to be having this amount of success in this tangible way, and if we're not doing that, then we are not truly a good family. Then we are not truly achieving success. So what I want to do today is I really want to dive into, you know, what does it mean to have focus on your personal journey? What does it mean to have focus on family? And what does it mean? And how do we avoid the trap of comparing ourselves to another? Because again, especially today in, in the social media age, where you open your phone the first thing in the morning and, and you see other people's success, you know, I see a lot of travel Instagram posts. I see a lot of homesteading posts. And it's hard not to compare myself to them where they are compared to we to where we are. 
But the, the fact of the matter is we are currently living in a culture of comparison. You know, when you look at social media, you look at Facebook, you look at Instagram, you look at YouTube, anywhere you go, anywhere you look at, there's so much of what to compare yourself to. However, this has a extremely negative impact on us because instead of focusing on who I am now and what I need to be doing now, we're always focused and thinking about what's next. Where should I be going? How come I don't have what that person has? So it's never about, there's no, there's no gratitude. That's really what it boils down to. There's no gratitude for the simple things that we have in life today. You know, every morning I've been able to get start getting up at five thirty again. Um, I say my morning prayers. I do my I do my morning prayers, and then the very first thing I do after that is I sit down and I and I journal. And I'm using a specific men's journal, a journal for men. Um, and it's not blank pages. It's, there's prompts there, but every morning it asks three things you're grateful for, and it's incredible how it's a struggle because you have to come up with three unique things. Now it could be anything as simple as the sound the birds make in the morning to anything of, uh, you know, I'm grateful for my paycheck, I'm grateful for the client I landed, whatever it may be. But the point is, gratitude is something that comes from being present. And it's important to be present and acknowledge that which we have. But if we're constantly looking around us at what other people have and seeing, well, that person has a nicer car than I do. That person, he's sold to more clients. He's closed more deals. In my current job, I've been there now just about, well, this is the beginning of week number two, middle of week number two, coming on the end of week number two, really. And it's really hard to not compare myself to my co- my coworkers, whom I love, absolutely. Like, these guys are some of the best guys I've ever worked with, I've ever been around. We have a lot of fun there. But it's hard to, to not compare myself to them and what they've been able to accomplish, forgetting that some of these guys have been at this for months. Some of these guys, one of the guys has only been at this job for a month, but before this, he was also in a sales position, so he already built up skills. So it's very easy to compare ourselves to others, especially if there's something that you want. You run a business, you know, let's say you run a self-defense business, right? It's very easy to look at other people who are successful and say, oh, I want that. How come I don't have that? Well, you're so busy focusing on what other people have that you are not pursuing that which you want. There's a great picture. Um, I don't know how accurate it is. I, I believe it's, it's, I don't think it's so much what it pretends to be, but there is a picture that goes around every once in a while of Olympic swimmers. Um, and you have uh, Michael Phelps and then one other one. And they say, what is the difference between Michael Phelps? Look at where Michael Phelps is looking and look at the guy next to him. And in the picture, you see Michael Phelps is looking straight ahead as he's swimming. And, and the guy next to him is looking at Michael Phelps. Now, the point that it's trying to make is that because the guy in the next lane over was looking at Michael Phelps, that's why he was slow and that's why he was behind. In reality, I'm pretty sure that what was happening is that guy was coming up for his breath. And when you're swimming in that style of swimming, you tilt your head to the side to breathe. That being said, that's neither here nor there. The message is still the same. If you're so busy looking at what other people are doing, what other people have, you'll never be able to achieve that which you want. Now, it is okay to look at what other people have for inspiration. It is okay to look at them for motivation. It is okay to look at them and say, I'm going to achieve that, to give you an idea, to give you a sense of what is possible. But to look at it in a negative light of they have that and I don't, that is where we fall into the trap. Now, the thing with social media, you know, my mentors have 
have always said that we what we do is we look at Instagram and we see the person who has the perfect family, the person who has the perfect body, the person who has the multi-million dollar job, the person who has the beautiful car. And these are all four different people. The one that's got the multi-million dollar job and is making business deals left and right, chances are they don't actually have a very good family life. The one who's got the fancy car probably doesn't have kids. The one who's got the wonderful family is probably living on a tighter budget than the one who's got a multi-million dollar business. So we're taking all these different you know, personas that we see on Instagram and we're trying to combine them into one image. And we're trying to compare ourselves to that person that we've created and made up in our minds. When in reality, that, that doesn't exist. Now, is it to say that you can't possibly have a multi-million dollar business and be a great family man? I'm not saying you can't. It's just going to take a lot of work. But that's where today's episode is going. Because at the end of the day, you you have to have a family focus and you have to prioritize your own personal growth simultaneously. You know, how do you do that? Because on the one hand, you're you're running your own life. On the other hand, you also have your family life. And this is why when you rewind and you go back to dating, I've said this time and time again, and anybody that was a coaching client of mine for the dating process, they'll they'll back me up on this. They'll tell you that I've said this, that when you're going into dating, when you're dating to get married, the mindset should never be, who am I right now? What do I want right now from my spouse? What do I want right now in my spouse? Really, the mindset should be is, where am I going? What are the goals that I'm looking to achieve. And then you need to be pursuing those goals. While you're pursuing those goals and becoming the person that you want to become, you're creating a life for yourself, then you invite your wife into that life. And the same thing goes for the woman, for our girl. As she's dating, her focus should really be on what direction is she going and then who does she need as a husband to complement. And then you, the two of you come together to create a third life, so to speak. So I have my life and my pursuits. My wife has her life and her pursuits. And then we come together to create a family unit with our family goals. Now, as a Lubavitcher Rebbe told my father, you need to find somebody whose goals and dreams and desires you can support and who supports your goals and dreams and desires, but they do not need to be the same exact goals, dreams, and desires. Just because I want to have an extremely successful coaching business does not mean that my wife needs to or wants to. On the contrary, with the ranch, I want it for one thing. She wants to have a micro bakery. But we are able to come together in unity because what do we want at the core of all of it? We want to raise our kids in an environment where they are loved, where they are cherished, where they are uplifted, where they are built up instead of torn down. We want to raise them in an environment where we really have control over what their influences are. Not that we're controlling and helicopter parents, but frankly, I don't want my kids around other kids who are acting nasty, being nasty, and have absolutely no parental discipline or parental guidance. I want my kids to grow up learning what it means to be a good person. I want my kids to grow up seeing positive influences. So, you know, rewinding back to two years ago when we were looking to get out of Crown Heights, well, actually, it was more than two years ago, but when we were looking to get out of Crown Heights, as long as we did not have goals other than getting out of Crown Heights, we were not able to leave. It was once we set out goals for ourselves what are our goals? We wanted our kids to have a great quality education. We, in, in an environment where they would be challenged and pushed to their limits, but to grow beyond their limitations, 
we wanted to have a place that was more affordable with more space for them to run around. And we wanted a place with quality of life. We wanted a good community. Well, we moved here. You know, once we focused on that, it, you know, the steps became very clear. And we ended up moving here specifically because of those reasons. Because we had goals for our family. At the same time, I knew that I wanted to level up in my career. Now, I didn't know it'd take the turn that it, tur- that it took. But I, I saw that there was an opportunity for that here. My wife wanted to start working in a higher capacity. She saw that opportunity here. So we both had our personal goals, but they fed in to the family goals. The challenge with this is oftentimes it's very, you know, it's, it's difficult to balance family commitments with your individual aspirations. I want to have a, you know, a big mansion, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, we are currently living in an apartment. So at the end of the day, when you're setting out to accomplish your goals, your personal goals, you have to remember what it is all for. Why am I doing this? It hasn't been easy transitioning into a new job in a new industry with new skills. I am built at a, in a way that I cannot stand rejection. So you can imagine what it's like to get on the phone every single day, um, bearing your soul and allowing people to tell you to get lost, stop calling me, take me off your call list, you're a horrible person. You know, I had people curse me out because I said, hi, this is so-and-so, is this so-and-so? You know, so, you know, you can imagine it's difficult to me. It's a new skill set. It's something I need to learn. What keeps me going back day after day after day, aside from my personal growth, it's the fact that this is what my family needs. It's going to provide my family with what we need in the short term and the long term. When you're setting out to accomplish your goals, you have to remember what it is all, what it is all for. But even more so, whenever you're making a decision, Remember the underlying reason for that decision. It's not just as simple as remember what it's all for, that, oh, this is for my family. But what's even deeper than that? What about that makes it so important for your family? This is something I've seen time and time again, where especially in the religious circles and especially in my circles, we become so focused on the practice of religion that we forget the purpose of it. We become so focused on, let's say, the practice of prayer, that prayer is done with a quorum of 10 people in the synagogue, and we forget that the purpose of prayer is to connect with God. So we get so focused on performing the, the duties of our job that we forget what the purpose of it all is, to provide for our family, to help ourselves to grow, to give ourselves a better life, whatever it may be. What is the point of showing up to a job and getting paid if you're going to work yourself to the bone and not be able to spend time with your family? Isn't it all there for your family? Your family has to come first. Again, you have to remember what it's all for. And here's the incredible thing. The sooner you start focusing on what is it for, what does my family need? And by the way, if you're single, it's not about that this episode is not for you or that this point isn't for you, but rather right now your family is you and then the family you're going to create. Okay. So you have to remember what it's all for, but by focusing on the purpose of family and this future, that allows you to start making the right decisions. I'm, I would not be in this position at this company 
if it were not specifically for the fact that my wife and I had that conversation a couple months ago where we really came back to the finances and family. So again, define your goals, define your focus. What is the thing that you are going to focus on your family? What does, what do you and your family want right now? Well, not right now, but what is right now the most important thing for you to focus on for your family? It might be quality of life. It might be better education. It might be better finances, whatever it may be. Choose that thing, focus on it and go all in. And as you're going to reach that target, as you're going to reach that goal, you're going to see that you as an individual need to improve. You can't just climb Mount Everest just because you decided you wanted to. You have to go through the training. You have to, you know, really build your your breathing system, your lungs, whatever it may be. I don't know the process for climbing Mount Everest. The point is you have to build yourself up to that point to be able to get there so that you can accomplish the goal. So when you're looking to pursue your family goal, what is the focus for your family? And then you as an individual, what do you need to do in order to get there? The other challenge with comparing yourself to others is that you are not them and they are not you. And as the famous saying goes, you would not want somebody else's struggles. That's not the famous saying. I couldn't remember it, so I just said that instead. But in reality, if you had to take all your problems and all your struggles and all your challenges and put them into a bucket, and you took all of your friends and all of your circles and you took their challenges and put them into a bucket, I guarantee you, you would want your own challenges back. You would not want to take on the challenges of somebody else. So you may see that that guy's got that multi-million dollar business which breaking money in for him. He's got the extremely large house and all the fancy cars. You don't know what he has to go through every single day to get that. And you don't necessarily want that. Chances are you really don't want that. But here's the thing is when you start comparing yourself to other people, you start putting yourself down. It leads to inadequacy, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of resentment. How come he gets it and I don't get it? It starts straining your relationships with yourself and your family, and your coworkers. I can look at my coworkers, and I can say, how come he, one of my coworkers drives a BMW? How come he gets to drive a BMW? Well, it happens to be the guy is single. <laughs> he's a young single guy, so he's, you know, he, he makes more money, and he's able to buy that and afford that. I can look at him and be, I, I can resent him for that. But what's the point? What do I gain from that? I gain nothing from it. In the meantime, if I can look beyond that and look at him as, this is somebody that I can learn from, you gain so much more. Plus, he's an awesome guy. We, ha- we have a lot of fun. We laugh together all the time, nonstop. It's actually it's a miracle we ever get anything done at the office because we're constantly laughing at each other, with each other. But when you compare yourself to other people, you're opening yourself up to really pushing yourself down because now what you're doing is you're showing yourself and others that they are more important than you are. You know, one of the things I used to say whenever, as I got older, Um, I realized this lesson in my own life, and then I used to teach it to my students, that whenever somebody bullies you, and I got bullied all the time growing up, I came to the realization that I should say thank you to my bully. I think I've spoken about this before. Why am I saying thank you to my bully? Because they have shown me that I am so important that they need to devote their time and their energy on me. Granted, that time and energy is misguided, and it's not exactly helpful. But at the same time, they're devoting their time and their energy to me. So therefore, I say thank you. But that's the thing, is when we're focusing on other people and what they have and how we do not have it, 
We're putting that energy that could be used for something good, and we're throwing it away. We're putting it in a completely different place, in, in, in a, a wrong place, because it is not moving us forward. So when we look at society, we see what's going on around us and all the things that are the societal norms and expectations, and we put our focus on that, we're holding ourselves back from what we could, in fact, be accomplishing. So at the end of the day, though, we need to nurture our family and our personal growth. Now, how do we do this? Well, take a family-focused mindset and don't get caught up in comparison. Figure out what works for your family. We've been very blessed with this community that we live in that has given us the opportunity to kind of look at things from outside the lines. We're able to see what the community looks like, how it operates, how it functions. There's wonderful people in this community. At the same time, we're also able to see it from an outside perspective. And we're able to see that this is not the life that we want. Getting here was great for us. It taught us a lot. It showed us a lot. But it's not the life that we want in in its entirety. We started focusing on things that we want to do, things that we actually do enjoy. And we started looking at what makes us come alive. Now, it's a very generic cliche thing that everybody says, oh, what makes you come alive? But the fact of the matter is, there will be certain things that you'll do, certain places you'll go, certain things you'll see that'll make you feel a lot better than what you have right now or what the expectations are for you. So, for example, when we started talking about homesteading, it was incredible because most people were like, what? Why would you ever want to live in the middle of nowhere? How are you going to be a religious Jewish person in the middle of nowhere? Well, that's because you look at the source and you see where things used to be. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that was something that made us come alive. Just today, for example, um, we went with our kids to Bass Pro Shops. And we're looking at all the fun equipment that they have there and climbing on the boats and climbing on the ATVs. And then we're walking through this one section where there's like deer and things like that. And and my wife says to me, wow, I just getting out in a place like this, just it just makes me feel so good. It makes me come alive. Being around nature. Now, granted, it's fake nature in Bass Pro Shops. But the idea that all the stuff there has something or other to do with nature, it filled her up with this good, positive feeling. I love it too, sitting at that fish tank, the massive fish tank, looking at the fish. It, it felt good. These are the things that make us come alive. We were driving down the freeway, and, and as we're getting off on an on, off-ramp, there's this massive field of sunflowers. And my wife, she looked at it, and was like, again, she, she was marveling at the beauty of it and how it made her come alive. We don't get that in the city. For some people, the city is where they need to be. That makes them come alive. I loved my networking events when I was going from Queens to Brooklyn every day and stopping in Manhattan every single night. I loved my networking events. It made me come alive, but that was more because of the people that were there versus the the physical location. So you have to know what what really does make you come alive. And it may not be what you expect. The funny thing is, the more we talked about homesteading, the more people we ran into who were like, oh, I've always wanted to do that, but I just don't know if it's practical. So you can inspire somebody else with your dreams. Now, the thing is that as you go through this, it's extremely important to have open communication with your spouse, with your significant other, with your family, even with your kids. Like our kids know that one day we are going to be on a ranch and a homestead and that it is going to be away from other people and that you know, there's going to be some challenges there. 
But that communication is, is important because it keeps you on the right path. You have to make sure that you're both heading in the same direction. There was a period in time where, again, like I said, I wanted to have a multi-million dollar mansion and my wife just wanted a cabin in the woods. We were not on the same path. We were not accomplishing things together. This was a source of friction that we had to work through. So you have to make sure you're on the same page. Some of the things that personally my wife and I have started doing in order to make sure that we're actually on the same path and that our family goals are moving forward as well as our personal goals, um, time budgeting. You know, my wife knows that from 8.30 to 5.30 when I am at work, I am at work. And I need to spend that time focusing on work. So especially with this new job, I have not spent much time texting her in the middle of the day or at all for that matter. At the same time, while she's doing work or she's doing mommy camp, that's what she's focusing on. Now, when I come home, I need to be home and I need to be present. And that's something I'm still working on. But that is the expectation. When we're out with family, it's family time. When I'm in a meeting, it's meeting time. So we've got, we've created our schedules and we share them with each other so that we know what the expectations are. We also have set priorities for any given moment. Like my wife knows that there are certain times where work is going to be a priority, where the podcast is going to be a priority. At the same time, I have to understand that there are certain things that are going to be priority for her. So if I have an event that I want to go to, but she needs to go to an appointment or something, obviously that takes priority. Um, next weekend or so, she's going to be going to visit some friends in Florida. Well, that's going to take a good chunk of time out of my schedule because I'm I'm watching the kids. I'm babysitting the kids. I cannot stand when men say that they're babysitting their kids. No, they're your own kids. You're not babysitting them, right? I, I'm going to have two of the three kids on my own. Actually, thank God I'll have my mother and my sister here in town to, to help out. But the fact of the matter is, this was a priority for her to be able to go and visit a friend. That's a priority. So other things are going to go in the back burner. I'm not going to have time for as many meetings. I'm not going to have time for my own personal stuff. But this is part of it. This is part of being in a marriage, being a relation, being in a relationship. So you have to manage your time properly. You have to set your priorities. Another thing my wife and I do is every Saturday night after Shabbat is over, we sit down and we plan for the next week. Or I'll do the dishes. She'll be planning. We plan together. We know what's going to happen the next week. We know what the menu is going to be. We have that all set up a month in advance. We actually have the same food every single week for a month. So it alternates every other week. But more or less, we have our, our entire menu planned out, and we know what our budget's going to be. So things like these are this is very important to focus on. And then at the end of the day, really what it all boils down to is being able to overcome the challenges that you face and seeking support. There are going to be challenges that will come up, especially in marriage. This was another thing I was speaking to one of my coworkers about. Um, he had asked a question about, you know, dating and finances in, in the Orthodox Jewish world and, and how much that comes into play. And we were talking about how my personal belief is it's better to get married younger, you know, 21, 22. It's important to have a direction that you're heading in life, but you don't have to have everything set up. Why? Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, if you're 35 years old, you already have your whole life set out for you, um, and then you try to get married, it's going to be a lot more challenging. Whereas if you're younger, and that's not to say it can't happen when you're older, but when you're younger and you get married young, you're able to start building your life together with each other. 
there's a lot more challenges that come along with it. But as long as you're committed to working through it, you're going to see that your relationship is going to grow and it's going to become something even better than you could have ever imagined being possible had you waited until you were much older and you had your life together. Because at the end of the day, you know, what is the reason that we get married? Because God said so. Why did God say so? Because it is our duty and our purpose in this world to work on ourselves, to perfect ourselves, to overcome our challenges, to become better human beings, to leave this world a much better place. And that is something that comes through having responsibilities, having responsibility of a spouse, having responsibility of children, having responsibilities to ourselves, and having responsibility to others. When we have that responsibility, it holds us and keeps us accountable so that we can work on making ourselves better and making the world a better place. And through doing that all and having this focus, you will see that you're going to start having success in your life. Welcome to the conversation. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.